it says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, his government will be upon his shoulder, and his name, his name, Jesus' name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Goes on to say, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray in this house that you will just orchestrate, continue to orchestrate. We open our ears to hear your, our hearts and our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to your church, for we want to be alive and well, uh, truly thriving, truly going from glory to glory. When Jesus comes, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, splits the eastern sky and comes back for his church. We want to be that church that is living in holy awe, that lives in, whole, in, in awesome wonder, in honor to your name every single day of our life. That the fear of the Lord, the honor of the Lord, the wonderful counselor, the our advisor to give us counsel and wisdom and understanding into the things, all things of wisdom. We open our hearts to hear this morning what the Spirit is saying to us in Jesus' name, and can you say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a few moments this morning, and I, I was sharing, and uh, I, as I was contemplating and sharing my time with the Lord this, uh, this week, uh, the whole aspect of He's our wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Lord. Can you say that with me? Wisdom comes from the Lord. He's our counselor, advisor. He wants to counsel us in wisdom. With the time we have this morning, I just want to be able to share a few thoughts on, on this subject because I believe the Lord is doing something powerful in this house. Do you sense it? God wants to do something powerful and he's calling his people to a, to this walk into this part of of being in holy awe of him being in holy awe of him the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom it's the foundation say with me foundation Walking in wisdom means making decisions today that you will be happy about tomorrow. In this age of information, knowledge is plentiful, but wisdom is scarce. Wisdom means far more than knowledge. Wisdom means far more than simply knowing a lot. You can know a lot and not walk in wisdom. It is a basic attitude that affects our life, every aspect of our life. Wisdom. We commonly think of wisdom as the ability to use knowledge in the right way and, and that it is a practical, that's a practical definition. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, wisdom means so much more. True wisdom, listen to me, true wisdom, say with me, true wisdom is a matter of the heart, not just the mind. 
It's a matter of the heart, the heart condition, the heart attitude, wisdom. We need to start at the beginning of wisdom to build any great building you have to start at. And at, at, you have to have a wonderful foundation. If you don't, later on, the building's gonna crumble. Part of it's gonna crumble. You gotta have it set. You have to have your footings. You have to have all the different things. Depending on what's going on with your ground, it's gotta be on a firm foundation. Or the building that you build upon it is going to tumble. It's gonna crumble. It's going to fall. And I, we build our foundation on this truth. Let's look at Proverbs 1.7. I just mentioned it, the fear of the Lord. Say it with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation. It says, how then does a man gain the essence of wisdom? We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. There it is. Read that with me. We cross. Say it. Let's read that one. We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. It goes on. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this, for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. The foundation or the knowledge or the foundation of knowledge, wisdom, is to fear the Lord. In other words, to honor, respect God, to honor and to respect God is wisdom. To live in awe of his power is wisdom. To obey his word is wisdom. Faith in God should be the controlling principle. Faith in God, our faith in God should be the controlling principle in our life, in our attitude towards as we live in this world. Can you say amen? Your attitudes, your actions governed by wisdom, the fear of the Lord, the honor of the Lord. So when you trust in God, he will make you truly wise. How many want to be wise in the room this morning? Absolutely. Wisdom flows. The foundation of your life will flow, should be on the foundation, the fear of the Lord, the honor of his name, the power to recognize that we truly recognize how awesome our God is. How many know He's awesome? His presence this morning has been awesome. Oh, awesome. All-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. He's omniscient. omniscient. He's omnipresent. Great words that bear a great reality. He sees all. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Nothing compares to him. In that place, we worship. The one who can form something out of nothing. Can anybody in the room do that? You literally can form. I, it's not there. I want it to be there, so I'm going to speak it, and with my power, it's going to be there. God. I, I sense... And I see. The Bible says you will know them by their fruits. I'm sensing and I'm seeing in the church the lack of holy fear of the Lord. Holy fear of God. Honoring him. What is it you want me to do? I'll do it. 
I want to be a holy one because you said, be holy as I am holy. Wait a second, as you are holy? That's a big number, God. And then the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Be holy as he is holy. I want to just bring out a few things this morning. The fear of the Lord, beginning of knowledge. The Hebrew word for knowledge is information of a person with a strong implication of a relationship to that person, knowledge. Let me say it again. In Hebrew, it breaks it down, that word, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What is that knowledge that's talking about? In Hebrew, it says information of a person with a strong implication of a relationship to that person, knowledge. This isn't scientific knowledge or even scriptural knowledge. Vine's expository dictionary says it like this, to have an intimate experiential knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. To have an intimate experiential knowledge of God. Oh, he wants to take us deeper. God wants to take us deeper. It's going to come from a holy, honor whatever you want to do, God, in my life. It's going to come. His move is going to come in your business, in your family, in this church, in this city, from a people who grasp holy is our God. My life is for your worship. Whatever you want me to do, order my steps. Holy, powerful, awesome. Wisdom, wisdom. Without the reverent fear of the Lord, an incorrect image is developed. An incorrect, without the holy, reverent fear, honor of him, in awe of him, you get an incorrect image. And it begins to develop, shaped and molded in our minds and in our imaginations. And before you know it, you know what begins to happen? And I'm going to jump, it's kind of touching a point in a few minutes, but we begin to manage God instead of him managing us. Let me just take you on a quick journey in Exodus chapter 32, verse 1 through 4. Now when the people saw, this is the children of Israel. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come. Make us gods that should go before us, for as this Moses, the man who brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, well, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in the ears and brought them to Aaron. And as he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made of molded calf... And they said, this is your God, O Israel, that, you brought out of the, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. 
So now let's, let's keep reading because that's a preface to this in verse 5. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Now, I want you to understand this morning what that means, Lord, there. If you break that apart, the Hebrew word that they use for Lord there is Yahweh, or Jehovah. Tomorrow is a feast to Yahweh. There's a problem with that. Huge problem with that. Can anybody see a huge problem with that? I can see a huge problem with that. You see, Yahweh is the most sacred word in the, holy, in the whole Bible. Yahweh, Yahweh. It is the name of God. It is actually the name of the that the Hebrew writers wouldn't even write the vows of because they didn't want to write it out. Yahweh. It's the name of God, and it is never used to describe false gods in the Bible, ever. Do you realize what is happening here? They looked at the calf and said, Behold, Yahweh, who delivers out of Egypt. They didn't say, behold him, Baal God, Baal God who delivered us out of Egypt. They didn't say, become, behold some Egyptian God who delivered us out of Egypt. They looked at it and they acknowledged that God Almighty delivered them out of Egypt and that's him. What they did was reduce God's image down to a cow. Crazy, right? These calves were all over Egypt and that's what they brought up they were brought up in it. And so, so they didn't say, look at Baal who delivered us. They said, behold, Yahweh. So once they reduced God down to his image, then you look and you know what the people did. You will look at it now in verse 6. So the people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking and indulged themselves in pagan revelry. <clears throat> so in other words, they came to their church service the next day they worshiped Yahweh who delivered them out of Egypt, but yet they offered their offerings and they had their service and they rose up and began to indulge in the flesh. They had a wild party. What happens when Christians lack the fear of the Lord or what, what are some of the signs that they've reduced the glory of God to an image that is lower than what is really, than he really is? I'm gonna just give you a couple. Number one, when you give into what the flesh thinks is right. We have victory. There's nothing that Jesus hadn't accomplished that the, we, the Bible says that uh, there's no temptation that you'll face that he will not give you the power to what? Overcome. So we walk with and from, we've been celebrating powerfully, but I wanna remind you, listen, the church today is mixed they serve, they're walking in a mixed message. They're walking in duality. They're living in the, trying to live in the kingdom and live in the world. And sometimes, let me tell you something, that message should, and never, no, not sometimes, never should that message be mixed. Ever. I'm in the world. I'm not of the world. I'm here to bring change. I'm an atmosphere shifter. Come on, any atmosphere shifters in the room this morning? The thermometer people... They come into the room and they adjust to its climate, but the people who are filled with the power of God come in and shift that climate because they bring the presence of God with them. 
And that is a holy people, not caught between two opinions, not caught in the world, not, I'm, I, I'm not sure I'm going to serve God today. I've got some friends that, you know, I'm, I'm working on them, so I'm going to be a little bit more like them today. And eventually, I'm going to encourage them into the gospel. Does that ever work? Anybody ever try that? You don't have to raise your hand. Does that ever work? It never works. So stop it. Get into his presence, be full of his fire, and go rock their world with him in you. <laughs> when you know this happened with the children of Israel, we know this happened with the children of Israel, and, and we, I think we recognize this is happening today. See, some examples. Maybe someone is saved, but they go out and they lie to get a business sale. And then they testify that God is blessing their business. That's not God, that's deception. They gossip about others, leadership of their, or their pastor or someone, and yet they say they're telling everyone the truth. They are deceived. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord among brothers. Have you read the Bible lately? It's time that we don't look at the Bible as a great suggestion and the absolute positive, this is the word of God. And walk in it. It's as we walk in it that we walk in the holy fear of the Lord. We're in awe of him as we walk in the word. Can you say amen, church? This isn't a great suggestion book. This isn't a motivational tool, and you can use it if you want to. No, this is the word of God. Do it. Live it. Be free. There's freedom as you serve and live for God. There's a joy that you can't have. And let me tell you something. Marriage, marriage, and you walk through Proverbs. You walk through Proverbs, and you see there's so many warning, warnings, especially to men, but it's to every single one, that get your wife or your husband, love them. Let them be your love. Let them be your amazing joy. Marriage is fun. And for some of you going through marriage problems, I'm, I'm encouraging that marriage is fun, exciting. My wife is a hot woman. Don't look at her that way, but I am looking at her that way. Why I say that? Because, look, marriage, everything in marriage, just talking even sexually, sexual in marriage is 